Hey everybody, welcome to the show today. We have Albert Brumfield, prior 360311, creator of Maneuver Up and Block 3, here today to discuss with us um, what one person had asked the other day, which was, how do I be a better O3? And that's going to be a real interesting conversation. There's so many rabbit holes we can go through with this. Um, so, Albert, where where do we begin with becoming a better O3? So, uh, one thing I'd definitely say is, well, why why do they want to be a better O3, you know? Because I think that at the end of the day, like, the type of O3 you become comes down to the reasons, you know, in which you want to even be one. You know, because at the end of the day, like, some guys want to be a good O3 because, you know, they want the NAM or the CERTCOM or, you know, they want the command to like them. And then some guys want to be a good O3 because, well, they care about their guys, they care about the job, and they respect what they do. So I think it really comes down to, it really comes down to your reason, you know? Yeah, yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. Uh, once you get your reason as to why, you're like, all right, this is going to be my reason that I'm going to be a better O3. Where, where do you really go from there? Like, where do you start? So I... I you know, Street, I'm a firm believer in the sense that, you know, people's reasons change over time, um, you know, sometimes for better and sometimes for worse. You know, for me, I, I, I'm one of those guys that was kind of a late bloomer. I didn't really become even a decent O3 until towards the end of my time as a boot. Um, and I think that, you know, once you get that reason, you really got to get your nose buried deep into the 3-tack 11. Like, grab yourself a 40 or a 12 rack and just sit there and study. Like, that's what I used to do because – you know, if you know doctrine, that means you could flex. And, you know, I study doctrine all the time. And that's why I never followed it. I knew it. So I knew, you know, I had a baseline. So I could flex off of it to, I guess, adjust any kind of situation that was thrown at me. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, definitely. Um, I think that's like a interesting thing because a lot of dudes end up in this uh, mindset where it's almost to the point where you're like chastising other people, making fun of them. They're like, Oh yeah, he's in the quad training or like that or it's vice versa. You're sitting there trying to train your dudes and you're getting made fun of. Well, the other people in your squad don't help you or, or whatever, whatever scenario there might be. But I think that I've yeah. always thought that's interesting. Oh man. I'm, I'm really, really glad that you brought that up actually. Um, you know, my comment on that would be this, um, for those guys that want to be a good O3 that are listening to this, one thing that you need to keep in mind, you need to do two things. Something I used to always say, you need to ignore the audience and you need to avoid the mean girls club. Um, and I'll break that down into two different things, right? So what I mean by ignore the audience is when you're training, and you're in your quad or you're on, you know, whatever road you train on, whatever area that you're in, even if you're in the field, there's always going to be, you know, that group of people that's on second or third deck, that's heckling the boots that you're training, that's making fun of you, that's sneak dissing, whatever, ignore them. Because at the end of the day, they're going to talk about how bad your boots are, but they're not doing anything to help them. The only person that's doing anything to help them is you. Take pride in that and ignore them. Um, because at the end of the day, they dropped their pack and gave up you're still out there putting in work be proud of that um the other thing avoid the mean rules club every single unit 
in the entire Marine Corps infantry. I don't care what Marine infantry battalion you go to. There's always going to be that group of people that drop their pack and are miserable and want you to be just as miserable as them. All they do is sit in the room, play video games, and they're not even confident at your job. Avoid them. Because I'm telling you, if you decide that you're going to associate with them and hang out with them, then you're going to end up being just as incompetent and just as shitty as them. You know, at the end of the day, like, yeah, you're going to take the beat if you're really good at a 3D bar because people don't like to see other people win. You know, it's just like I said on Block 3 the other day. You know, everybody wants to discredit every accomplishment that isn't theirs. Um, I was guilty of that sometimes, but I never hung out with the Mean Girls Club. I wanted nothing to do with it, you know, because at the end of the day, I was the one in the arena and they were on third deck, you know, heckling my dudes. So that's, that's one thing I'd keep in mind. You know, you're going to face it if you're like that and you're a really good dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, at least from my experience, I kind of noticed that. I, my own personal view, I kind of just had the mindset that, like, yeah, I knew I wasn't going to re-enlist. But at the same time, I didn't want to just be a complete shitbag. So, like, I actually, I helped out. You know, I did I did my part. And then, you know, I didn't sit there and try and get out of shit or fucking let whatever personal matters, you know, get get in the way. Or, like, use it as an excuse to get in the way. And, yeah, and I totally get that. You know, because for me, and again, it comes down to the reason, um, like you said, you know, you know that, or you knew that you weren't going to reenlist, but you still put out anyway. Um, and you know, something that really got on my nerves as I was getting out is, you know, I had, you know, various officers and staff and CEOs being like, oh, well, you know, the, the stuff that you do, bro, that stuff, the people that reenlisted. And that really kind of, you know, irked a nerve in me just because I didn't do it because I was going to reenlist. I did it because it's the right thing to do. And it's and because I'm a man of my word, and I did what I said and signed that I was going to do, um, you know, and I took that seriously. I realized pretty quickly I wasn't going to stay in, you know, due to some things that were my fault and some things that were not my fault. But nevertheless, you know, I did the right thing. It was about doing the right thing. It wasn't about an award. It wasn't about being liked. Because, you know, just like I'm sure that you know, L Street, if you're really like that and you're a solid O3, you're going to catch shit from not only your peers, but also the command, both, you know? And, you know, it was never about re-enlisting. It was just about doing the right thing and setting the example, you know? Yeah, and um, kind of thinking back to, like, where do we get that mindset from, I wanted to bring it, because I remember before we started recording, we were talking about this a little bit, um the the impact your seniors had on you and how like yeah. now once now that they're out you you could go through like their social media and shit and you wouldn't even know they were you know a marine yeah oh yeah um but they were know, like for me yeah like the best dudes yeah um i had two seniors that really kind of molded me and helped me out a lot um not gonna say any names uh opsec <laughs> but they did. And, you know, even with what I do now, I still use some of the same principles of, you know, CQB or Mount now that I learned way back when I was, you know, 18 year old, you know, PFC private Brumfield. So, and on top of that too, just their ability to separate and almost, uh, you know, just kind of be there for me and, you know, the fellow boots that I was around at the time, you know, it was crucial. And, you know, I took, you know, things from them, you know, Sergeant Leon was another one. He really mentored me and, you know, he was, he was there for me a lot of times and he really kind of molded me. 
Um, for people that knew me, I was kind of a hothead at times and I was not very tactful at times. If I thought I was better than you, then I let you knew that. And, you know, Sergeant Leon was good at telling me, you know, just to get out of my own head, which is the biggest thing. Like if you're in a three and you're just a total hothead, yeah, you might be good, but at the same time, you're going to make a lot of enemies in the process. Um, believe me, I know from personal experience. So that's what I would say on that. Yeah. I think it's uh, always important to try and stay humble. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, and you know what? Well, I think is kind of making people look at. I don't know if it's just me, but um, I feel like with everything that we've seen lately, like the last couple of months with with Afghan, like how it ended, and how these dudes went from being on what they thought was just going to be another bullshit mew to you're finishing a twenty year war. And then there's people fucking dying in front of you. There's they, they literally they they it's just mind-boggling to me to think where their heads were at when you know they started to catch on. They were like, all right, well maybe this isn't fucking you know just another rumor, or fucking false, fucking I don't know QRF thing. Yeah, um, and again that that's part of the reason why. You know, and I know it's so easy to say, well, that's exactly why, blah, blah, blah. But no, I'm going to be real. Um, anybody that, that knew me while I was in knew that I was a freaking hard charger. Plain and simple. No way fans butts about it. That's just who I was and honestly kind of still who I am now, you know, with my current profession. Um, you know, part of the reason why I took training junior dudes so seriously, sometimes to a fault, um, is because I knew for a fact that something like that was going to happen. And I knew that, you know, maybe it wasn't going to be me that went to war. But I, I could almost guarantee you the most junior dude in my squad probably would. Yeah, and, that's you know, if you if you look at, you know, what happened to one eight and two one, um, those guys had no clue. You know, one eight was chilling on a mule and two one was training in, you know, Saudi Arabia and Syncom. They weren't doing anything. And the next thing you know, they have to experience, you know, two weeks worth of just an eternity's worth of just pain and suffering and you know, everything yeah. else. Like it's, it's yeah, crazy. I remember that's why they um, took training serious. Yeah, it was insane for me because I actually I had a buddy in one eight, and he would be you know sending me snaps and stuff uh, and give me like little updates here and there what was going on. Sometimes he was telling me shit that I I was hearing then, um, or he was telling me shit that I was hearing before I even heard on the fucking news. Like that's how like and I think that's almost why that was such a dramatic event was that even though we weren't there. People were getting updates on this stuff in real time, almost like it was like a sports game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's another thing. Um, and, you know, I might save, you know, my comments on that, you know, for, for another podcast because I definitely have some some strong feelings. I think that, you know, when that all was going on, there were, you know, a lot of people that had a lot of things to say. You know, they had Instagram stories full of videos and people were putting all this crazy stuff out there. Um, and then, you know, when it kind of ended, nobody really had anything to say. Um, you know, there were people yeah. that were making comments about people cheerleading. Um, and I think that that, that statement, you know, when that came out, that kind of annoyed me because at the end of the day, um, people again were discrediting other people because they were supporting something differently than they were. Um, and again, it just goes back to the whole three thing. You know, everybody's so busy discrediting everybody, everybody else and every accomplishment that isn't their own. And I was guilty of that too. Um, 
Whereas if everybody came together and, you know, really kind of just support each other's O threes, which is what I try to do on maneuver up, um, you know, it would just be a way better atmosphere for everybody, you know? Yeah, man. And I think like the biggest thing for me, uh, even though I was, I'm, I was out when that was happening. So it's not like, you know, I could even really think of it in, um, in a sense that I was still in O three, but, um, I thought it was crazy because it was like a almost like a reality check for me and i was sitting there looking at this all over the news and on you know on social media and i was like um thinking back to times when you know i'd even tell like my junior dudes i'm like hey one day this shit's gonna get real and then you know having that reality check that like hey you know as corny as it sounds like yeah shit can really you know happen that you know snap of a finger because that's really how this this ended this just happened like so abruptly yeah it, it happened at the snap of a finger and it ended at the snap of a finger um you know and again part of being a, a good o3 is being prepared for that you know um your job as no three is to train fight and win it's and that's it regardless of who the president is regardless of you know your personal beliefs like your job is to train fight and win wherever the u.s government decides to send you that's where you need to be ready to go you know, with me, I wasn't thinking about who the president was. I Whether it was, uh, you know, Donald Trump or whether it was Joe Biden, I wasn't thinking about that. All I was thinking about is what am I doing to train my guys to make sure that they don't come home in a body bag? That was what I was all about because as a, as a squad leader and even in prior as a team leader, I never wanted to have to face the reality to come home. Like if somebody's mom, dad, brother, you know, whoever the family is, that their son is dead because I didn't train them hard enough or because I didn't PT them. I never wanted that to be my reality, just like I never wanted it to be one of my subordinates' realities. So, again, that's why I took it so seriously. And when other people didn't, I was extremely bothered by that. I let them know. Um, and, you know, did that cause problems here and there? Yeah, but I don't regret it at all um, because, in my mind, I was I was doing the right thing. I was training them hard every day, and, you know, at one point it was, I was by myself, you know, basically training eight boots for about eight months straight. Um, and that was rough, but at the same time, every single time that I was tired or I just didn't care, they were pissing me off. I would just remember that it wasn't about me, you know, being a good O3, you realize that it's not about you. It's about the guys that are under you. And if you're a subordinate, it's about being a good follower and doing what you need to do. Um, you know? There was one time where I was under a squad leader that I knew that I was better than and I knew that I was doing all the work. But at the same time, I used that opportunity to learn how to be a good follower and to, you know, get better at some of the basic things, kind of hone those skills. That way, when I did get that slot, that squad leader slot, I was ready for it. You know, that's just all part of being a good O three, right there, man. Yeah, and it's it's definitely there's there's a lot you can really cover like you can talk about like really a whole bunch of stuff honestly but yeah, yeah like the whole thing with afghan that was kind of like an eye-opener for me i don't know why i guess it's just because the last however many years has been this garrison uh peacetime marine corps because nobody nobody's been deploying there like that you know that thought never really came across your head that oh yeah i might go to afghan i was like nah i might hopefully i don't go to japan you know like 
Yeah. I, mean, yeah. And I think it'll, it'll probably, it'll probably be that way for a little while again. Um, but at the same time, you never know. And Afghan was, I feel like a real wake up call for everybody, you know, Marine Corps wide, you know, army wide as well. Yeah, no, um, I agree. And, you know, it's just, it was everybody's opportunity to wake up, you know, and it was a lot of the same O3s that I saw, you know, kind of shitbagging it out their old careers. They were the same. Oh man, I wish I could go. Well, I don't even say this on this podcast. I don't because at the end of the day, like, you know, people always say, oh, you know, if I was on a combat deployment, I'd be taking it seriously. I don't buy that at all because at the end of the day, if you can't even stay focused, you know, on a Norway or an Oki or a Mew, then, then when there's no real threat, you know, and all you're doing is training and just doing, you know, simulation things and hip pocket classes and there's no stress at all. Your only stress is sitting in line to get on the bench press at the, at the gym on ship or Camp Schwab. Then how are you going to stay focused when, you know, there's rounds cracking over your head and, you know, you're watching dudes get blown up, you see? So that's kind of just, you know, where my mind was with that. I'm not glad that it happened at all because it was sad and it was, a, it was the entire thing was botched, but I think it had value in the sense of waking everybody up. Yeah. Just what I think the entire force needed. Yeah, I think it does. It did too. It's kind of... I mean, I myself, I think I honestly needed it, but it's interesting too that seeing, you know, this like kind of end of an era with with Afghan, and then all of a sudden the there's all this new gear. There, everybody looks like a discount SF fucking dude now, <laughs> and um, I mean it's cool. It's fucking sick. I wish I had that. Yeah. I that I yeah. feel fucking cool i wouldn't admit it but i'd feel fucking cool <laughs> yeah you know because you know with me i never had any of that nice stuff i never had a high cut or new peltors or the new plate carrier yeah that all just like new, uh, came right now yeah, they, have, they have new optics on the rifles you know i'm seeing all kinds of cool yeah, stuff. yeah that shit's crazy um, yeah and like don't get me wrong like i'm happy to see it i genuinely am happy you know a lot of the videos i get sent on maneuver up there's guys that are conducting some great training now, and I'm really proud to see that. Um, if anything, I'm kind of jealous. I wish that stuff would have existed when I was in, you know, but yeah, that's a whole other thing. Case. That's a whole yeah. other thing you can really get into is like the way we train, like, like what we're yeah. doing. Cause I mean, yeah, they, oh, they really a... beat a dead horse with like these fucking defenses and all this other shit when, you know, doing a lot more yeah. live shooting would be, you know, live fire would be a lot more yeah. beneficial. You know, I'll, I'll be honest, you know, on this podcast for sure. Like, and, and I'll be careful. I word this, obviously. Um, I think that I kind of got worse at shooting while I was in the Marines just because we really? never really shot. Like we never shot. I think fact, we I, literally know. Yeah. I, I could it. see that too, honestly, because just like like playing the guitar or any instrument or anything that you do with your hands you got to you you got to continually practice it it's not just something that that stays like you can forget it like forgettable skills i think that's what they always refer to it as yeah oh yeah and that's again that's part of being good at 3 is knowing how to run good training knowing how to set up a good training plan you know knowing how to set up a good pt plan those are all things that are just part of being, you know, not only a good O3, but just a good Marine, you know, at the end of the day, like if you're doing the same kind of dry training every time and don't get me wrong, I understand there needs to be repetition, but there needs to be repetition on the right things. At the end of the day, 
you can learn to set up it as a, and I'll say this, you know, um, you can get pretty proficient in a defense after about a field op or two of it. It takes a lot longer than one or two field ops to get proficient at your combat marksmanship or to get proficient at shooting and moving or to be proficient at, you know, offensive attacks. And at the end of the day, it's like you, you can be able to spit off tactics all that you want. But if you can't put rounds where they need to go, then you're worthless. I don't care. Yeah. How many times did you, I don't know what company you were, but, but how many times did you hear from your chain of command always like, cause I don't know if you guys would do this, but we, sometimes they, they tell us like, um, how many misses or how many hits there were compared to misses. And it was always like a crazy like number out of you know like so many hits out of you know whatever heinous number total that was handed out for that um run and it's like dude why why don't we shoot more so we hit shit more and that's you know that that's the bad thing that that happens man is that they see how bad those numbers are and they allow that to be the reality um when when you know in reality if we're being honest here there's ways to set up cmp shoots and to even branch off of it you don't have to do a cmp shoot there's way there's a million other ways to get better shooting the fact that you know pulling weapons from the armory is like fighting world war three is ridiculous you know with me i used to and this helped out with my guys a lot i would always pull weapons from the armory almost every single morning and we would do nothing but just dry fire and do speed and tack reloads, and I would just get the guys used to having the weapon in their hand, no matter what we were doing. And that really helped them out a lot. You know, you have to be willing to do the work as an O3, and especially as a small unit leader, you have to be able to be willing to do the work. And I understand it's a hassle sometimes to go all the way down to the However, if you do the work, you're going to see the results. And if you get your guys with their gats in their hands, and you do it often, you make it a daily habit, they're going to get pretty freaking good with it. They really, really are. Um, and again, it comes down to being able to set up the right kind of training. If you're just out there hazing your guys every day and there's no training value, if anything, you're just building up resentment. You're not making good threes. You're just making people say hate you and hate the Marine Corps because of you. So again, setting up that good training plan, that's a huge part of being a good O3. That's what I got to say on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else can we... There's so many... Oh, I got a, I got a really good one. Um, so one thing that I used to say, uh, commend the deserving and encourage the wayward as far as leadership as an O3 goes. Um, you know, I think that something that really annoyed me is that whenever somebody would do a good job, nobody would really say anything to them. If anything, they would kind of shit on them for it and, you know, oh, you're motivated, this and that. And then that would make, that would turn that guy into a shit bag and he would want to be good. And then what I mean by encourage the wayward is when somebody sucks, meaning that somebody failed a course, somebody fell out of PT, somebody fell out of a hike, somebody sucked in the field and messed up something, you know, somebody flagged somebody on, somebody did something like that. I understand there, there needs to be good training following. However, you need to encourage them. If you just run their dick in there, you shit on them that's going to build up resentment. Whereas if you encourage them, that's going to make them want to work harder and they're going to trust you and respect you more. And they're going to be more receptive to the good training you're going to put them through after they messed up. Um, if you just shit on them and yell at them and then throw them away to self-recover 
and you're not there for them as a small unit leader, you're a shitty O3. You really are. Because um, at the end of the day, like, if you're not commending those, you know, subordinate Marines under you that are doing a good job, and it doesn't have to be a, an award, it can be you tell them, hey, man, good job, giving them a fist bump. If you're not commending those kind of guys and you're not encouraging the guys that suck, then you're, you're failing as an O3 and as a leader. You need to commend the deserving and encourage the wayward. It's my comment on that one. Yeah, I feel like that's an important part is, like, knowing your guys, too, because even then, like, we... And this is just going this is going to go down i'm going to stop us from going down this whole rabbit hole but but when you actually really really know your guys like even when even when like something's going on with them and you know they're at work and they're you know they're doing their shit but you notice it right away and i'm sure you've noticed the same shit like you can always tell when something's wrong with one of your dudes and then you just sit yep. there and kind of figure it out because sometimes dudes might just be fucking being pieces of shit just because like life is falling the fuck apart and you know you got oh, yeah. no clue and if you sit there and you fix what's going on at home they can sit there and focus on what's going on at work yeah, and and exactly. a lot of dudes i don't know there's just this like i don't even know it's like this stigma of just like I don't know. Some yeah, because they draw like some some people will draw this like, um, very stern like line in the sand where they'll only do so much with their with their dudes because they're like, oh well, I'm a senior, I don't want to do this and that with fucking you know my junior dudes, but you know yeah. I I fucking you know obviously not right it from the beginning, but once they'd been there a while. I started to get to know them a little bit, you know, and then you start to have a drink with them every other fucking now and then. You tell them fuck off, and they run off giggling or whatever the fuck, you know, back running off to do whatever stupid fucking thing you're gonna yell at them for next. Yeah, but and and I'm glad that you brought that up because the term senior is to me is a title that's earned. It doesn't mean that you went on one deployment and came back. That's not what it means. Senior is somebody that's actually competent a solid leader and somebody that leads by example and doesn't give up. There were a bunch of people in my peer group um, and they know exactly who they are that refer to themselves and act as if they were seniors, but in reality they were incompetent and they were completely incapable of any kind of leadership, whether that be leading somebody on a range or leading somebody to go throw away the trash at the dumpster by the bear. Um, a true leader is somebody that's able to, you know, commend those deserving marines and also encourage the wayward one that's that's real right um a real leader you know a real senior is somebody that does whatever it takes to get his work done like for me and i'm not saying do this because you're gonna catch a lot of heat but the guys listening something that i used to do i used to literally turn off my phone during the work day literally i used to turn it off put it in my room throw on some kit have, have my guys throw on kit and i would leave i would dip right on out because at the end of the day, what are they going to do? Just quit training them so hard. No, it's my job. What else am I supposed to do? Because if the, if the standard in the field is to not have your phone, then why is the rear any different? Our job is to be infantrymen. It doesn't matter where that, where that is. If it's the work day, it's the work day, and I'm working. Work for us or for us back then was being an infantryman, and that's exactly what I did at. Um, so that's just something that worked for me. A little tidbit for those of you that keep getting called into paperwork and 
I don't really know where all these rosters came from, but yeah, it's a little tidbit I used to use. And some people liked it. Some people didn't. I really didn't care because I was doing my job and making dudes better. But that's just a little tidbit for them. Yeah, man. That's there's a little, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm t- dude. I'm telling you. Like I used to catch heat for it, obviously. Um, because you know if you come back and you got a million missed calls from your from your you know your freaking lieutenant or your staff sergeant, obviously probably gonna get blasted. But at the end of the day, you know, for me, it was worth it. And if anything. That couple should be hanging out in the office. They ain't squad leaders anymore. You know, they're, they're, that's their place. Um, so for me, that's just something that kind of worked. Um, yeah, I thought it was yeah. ironic at times when uh, you'd see everybody getting pulled away for, you know, whatever thing. But it's like you're in yeah. the middle of, you know, doing shit. Like, I remember when I was uh, a junior dude and there literally, like, wasn't a minute of the day where I wasn't doing something you know like I, it was almost like i didn't even have time to be on my phone oh yeah literally um and dude i literally like it, it actually caused a lot of problems with me um you know there'd be times where it would ruin some relationships you know in the pursuit of getting good at three just because i'd be so busy training the dudes and helping them out and you know leading into that um, you know, to lead into kind of a different segue and being a good O3 is, you know, when you're a squad leader or an APL team leader, like a lot of times your guys will learn the tactics. They'll pick it up. It gets down to the point where you're helping them out with their personal life because you're going to see a lot, a lot of broken dudes, um, especially subordinates. You know, I had a lot of guys that went through a lot of things that run under me and I had to, to learn myself almost how to handle it, you know, with, with some guys that you're going to get, you'll, you might be the first male role model they've had in their entire life. Literally. Yeah, that's very um, true. Yeah, a lot and, of these dudes sometimes will come from like some really fucked up, uh, backgrounds. Yeah. And, you know, part of being a good O three and just, you know, a good squad leader, a good team leader is, you know, knowing that, you know, we could sit on this podcast and I could talk about tactics all day long, but at the end of the day, to me, this is more of something where when you're in O3, you have to be able to help out people with, with, you know, their personal stuff as well. You know, that's a big part. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that, um, I saw this one thing from one of my seniors, um, a long time ago and it basically was, I forgot who said it because it was a quote, but I, I forgot who said it, but it was basically saying how if your, your junior dudes, don't come to you with their problems. Don't come to you for advice on like their personal lives. Then that's when you have failed as a leader because you have demonstrated to them that you can't be trusted with like the most important parts of their life. So why should you be trusted with um, like leading them into war? You know, exactly. And I, and I couldn't agree more with that statement. Um, you know, and it comes down to forming that bond. That doesn't mean that, that you know, you're the nice, cool guy. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean that you're not training him hard, you know, because a lot of times they'll respect you more for that. If if that subordinate has a mature, you know, a mature bone in his body, you know, he's a respectable person, he's going to come to you and he's going to realize it. There's a difference between, you know, training him and being an asshole and just training him when you're bored because you want to fuck him up and, genuinely caring about them in every single day putting them through the ringer tactically and physically that's how that trust and that bond is formed because at the end of the day if you look out for your marines they're going to look out for you i can't tell you how many times 
one time in particular that I'm sure people will remember that I messed up. My my junior mates had my back, and that is that was huge. You know, if you look out for them, they will look out for you. Oh, yeah. I still talk to those kids to this day. Literally, they still reach out to me. Um, but yeah, man, you look out for those guys, they'll look out for you. Plain and simple. Yeah, yeah, very true. Very, very true. Yeah, because dude, I'm t- and, and it's you know the opposite as well. Like if you're always screwing with them and just being an asshole, first chance they have to screw you over, they're gonna take it. Plain and simple. That's yeah. just how it goes. Um, but yeah. I think you got to be able to help them out with that. Yeah. I think um, another thing is, this is kind of backtracking a little bit, but these need to be innovative with what, and you hit on this too, saying like, don't do the same dry shit over and over again. Um, But yeah, like that innovative shit. um, There's fucking, I saw this fucking video. It was these dudes got a fuck ton of these little like, I don't even know. It wasn't like a Nerf gun kind of thing, because it was almost like an airsoft thing. It wasn't. It wasn't airsoft though. They're like little water beads or something. But dudes were like going to barracks parties and like raiding their parties and shit and just fucking shooting up the rooms with fucking the, these little like bead things. I don't know. But like Honestly, you can use that kind awesome. of shit for like mount, for example, like fucking you know. Because I, I always remembered when we did. The, um, the fuck do they call it? Training with Marsock. What was that shit called? Raven X? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember when we used the stupid little, uh, forgetting everything right now, the, the sim rounds. Um, when we used the sim rounds, dudes would kind of be like, all right, well, I don't want to get shot with this shit. So they're taking it a little more serious. And that's like, that's, that's a good yeah. thing though, kind of, because, yeah. Uh, we always say train like we fight and shit like that, but when we aren't put into like shit that kind of simulates that, dudes don't go as hard. I always notice that. Yeah, and again, that just has to do with you know culture. You know, being embedded with the culture, which is another huge thing. Um, you know, when you're embedded with the culture, then you're down to do things like that because it'll kind of show you, you know, who the real ones are. You know. And you might come to find out that the real one isn't that senior Lance that's yelling at everybody. The real one might be that small boot with a squeaky voice, and he's just ready to take that room. You know, I've seen that before where, you know, I've had, you know, seniors in the squad that, you know, were always screaming and barking orders and all kinds of crazy stuff. And then when it came time to do things, they were hiding behind a freaking corner. Whereas, you know, you get that small squeaky boot, um, the boot everybody's always sleeping on, and that guy is just ready to take that room and make it its bitch. So... You know, at the end of the day, like that, that's a huge thing. And that actually leads into uh, one thing I really wanted to hit on here. And that's uh, being, you know, with the culture and embracing the culture. Um, I think that's important. I think that, you know, when I talk about embracing the culture, this is what I mean. Being a professional in the rear and being a savage in the field. Um, one thing that I used to do that helped me out a lot was in the rear, I'd have solid medium fade. I'd have great candies. But as soon as I stepped foot in the field, I had a headband, no skivvy shirt. My hair automatically grew four inches. <laughs> Not really, but you know what I mean? Right. And yeah. I was just ready to go because at the end of the day, they, they would take me seriously because of the appearance I had. You know, it was sad that that's how it was, but that's just how it is. You know, I had a professional appearance, you know, making sure I looked sharp every day. But then as soon as I got out there, I was, you know, rocking out um, and actually enjoying it, you know, and not being the guy that's shitting on other people that are enjoying it. 
you know, wear a headband, rock your gear, be proud of what you're doing, have fun. If you invest in your gear and equipment and you're having a headband, I promise you, you're going to have way more fun out there. You, you really, really will. If you look at it from a fun sense, you will. I understand, you know, rain isn't fun, but you're going to have fun that way. And it's the same way. Like you should want to look sharp, you know? For me, I, I didn't like the idea of having a slimy haircut, you know, just looking greasy and fat and just bad. Like, that's not what I wanted. Like, I wanted to look sharp. You know, I wanted to look good and professional. And, you know, as soon as I stepped foot out there, I was ready to go. And it's the same with what I do now. You know, being able to look professional, but also be a savage. Like, that should just be what every Marine is. You should be looking super professional, and then at the snap of a finger, you should be turning into savage mode, and headband appearing on your head, and doing all kinds of Rambo, John Wayne stuff. You know, so being embedded in that culture and you know really embracing it is important. That's just part of being a grade O three because you know, just like I'm sure you know from you know whatever unit you were in, like if you do that, your your boots right off the bat, they're gonna think that you're the coolest guy in the world, whether you are or aren't, and they're gonna want to be just like you. And if you show them what right looks like from the beginning, they're going to do it. Like most people are lucky to have like one or two good boots. I ended up having six and they're still in three, six now and they're still doing great. So yeah, that's dope. Embracing that culture, you know, setting the, uh, setting the example, um, what it's all about. And, you know, leading off of that as well, you know, guys think that that example just, you know, ends, you know, once your boots grow up and they're seniors and you're on your way out, not, I was going to hit on that, that dude. Yeah, part yeah. of that example is showing your boots that it's possible to do four years, be a hard-charging grunt that's proficient, solid, motivated, and then using those same things, getting out and finding success, that's part of that example, is showing them that it's possible, showing yeah. them, you know, giving them hope. And, you know, guys think that, you know, you get out at the age of 22, for most of us, and your life's over. Your life's only beginning, brother. Oh yeah, dude. And, That's oh my god. I could. This is an enormous rabbit hole we can go down yeah, right now. Man. Just oh, everything yeah. that I've been thinking about since uh, VAS, dude. Yeah, but man. like, anyway, before I fucking stopping myself from going down that hole because I'm about <laughs> to go down it. Um, yeah. But yeah, these dudes, we we really kind of forget how impressionable we were when we were in their shoes, and then you know you see it firsthand and like you got to kind of take a step back to really realize how impressionable your guys are and how like how they, they look up. Like when I was a, when I was a junior dude, my, the two seniors in my squad, I looked up to them like they were my big brothers. They fucking hated me, but (laughs) I fucking, you know, I still looked up to them and I wanted to fucking, you know, be better. And, you know, I I wanted them to like me because I thought they were cool as fuck. I thought they were hard as fuck. And, um, You know, they were they were the example that I wanted to follow. And I always noticed, too, with them, it, my, my whole platoon as a, as a junior dude, um, all our seniors, even though they all fucking definitely didn't enjoy the Marine Corps, they were not having a good time, but they, I always noticed that, one, they, I never really, I can't really remember them complaining in front of us about, like, the field or whatever, whatever training thing we were doing. I really don't remember them complaining in front of us that much. And I I also remember um, they 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 had the same mentality. I guess this is why I carried this mentality. But like they had the mentality that they were gonna do what they had to do. They were gonna train the dudes to do their jobs, to know their jobs, and then be able to teach. And then they were just gonna get out and move on with their lives. And that's what they did. 
that's kind of just you know it's what i ended up following that's because i guess that that was like the example like you said oh yeah and you know that that's a huge thing you know setting that example you know being what the guys need because one thing that i learned especially from you know you know that period of time i mentioned earlier you know in the podcast of there was a point where i was training eight boots by myself for eight months that's just how things worked out and you know one thing i see in all of those boots um you know, especially six of them that turned out to be really, really good. Um, they developed my best qualities and they also developed my worst qualities. Um, yeah, I guess extremely that's extremely impressionable. Yeah. I you guess know, that's kind of, uh, yeah, that yeah, inherently will happen. Everything. Yeah. They're going to take everything from you. Um, they're going to see how you react to friction. They're going to see how you handle things in your personal life. They're going to see your attitude. They're going to see where you take shortcuts. They're going to see what you take seriously. They're going to take all of it. And this leads into another huge point that I think isn't talked about enough is understanding your influence. And what I'm going to say with this specifically is understanding your influence is an NCO, especially on the brand new second lieutenant that you get. That's huge because what a lot of people don't realize is that second lieutenant could end up standing for 40 years and, you know, becoming a battalion commander, reg, reg commander, division commander. Hell, he could even become a commandant someday. And some of the things that you almost, that he saw you doing or that you instilled in him, he's going to take with him. Like, I don't care what anybody says. The second lieutenant is not mentoring the squad leaders. The squad leaders, of anything, are mentoring him. Yeah, that was kind of... Yeah, that, that's yeah. his first take of what he thinks the Marine Corps is. And yeah, if you show it the right way, he's going to be great. You know, he's going to yeah, be an ally. They had, like, all this fucking, you know, whatever shit put into their head heads, you know. Yeah. And some of them buy into it and fucking pound the, the Kool-Aid or fucking, you know, whatever. Or they, you know, they're just normal dudes for the most part. But I always did yeah. notice that um, they they kind of just sit back and just kind of observe. And I, and I always hear, hear them, too, talking about how their first platoon was this and that. And, you know, like, yeah. they kind of, like, because that was their first experience. So that's probably, like, the one that ingrains in their memories the most. Yes. Because everything every was so new and cool. Every infantry officer, regardless of anything, where they go in their career, they will always remember their time as a rifle platoon. Straight up. Or as a weapons finger, wherever they got sent, right? Um, and, you know, he's supposed to be he, or I guess she now as well. Apparently that's the thing. Um, yeah. One thing I would say is they're supposed to be, as a squalid, like they're supposed to be an ally. It's not supposed to be, they're not supposed to be an enemy to you. And if you form that bond with them early, don't get me wrong, part of that is on them. And for all you, you know, lieutenants listening to this, I recommend following How to Be a Good Lieutenant. That is a great, great Oh, yeah, great I always heard of that page. page. Um, one thing I would say, you know, I had some amazing lieutenants in my time. I had some lieutenants that were not amazing. I saw. I was lucky all three of the platoon commanders I had were pretty freaking solid. Um, they were pretty, pretty, pretty solid. I'm not going to name drop because I care about their OPSEC. Um, but they were all great. They were all really good lieutenants. Um, but I also saw some lieutenants that were not great, whether that be because they weren't tactically proficient or whether that be because they were just power hungry and just enjoyed having power over other people. Um, you know, at the end of the day, part of being, you know, a good lieutenant for those guys listening is actually listening to the squalors. That doesn't mean that you follow every single thing they advise you to do or that they tell you. Um, but at least just listening to them and showing them that you care about what they're saying to you, 
that goes a long way as far as respect goes. Because if the squad leaders, because I'll, I'll just be real right now. If the squad leaders think that you listen to them and you actually care about them, then they're going to get their guys to buy in and they're going to answer, you know, the commander's intent. Whereas if they think you're just telling them to screw off, they're going to turn that entire platoon against you straight up. So well, there's squalors out there that have the power to do that. And I'll tell you right now, when I was in, I had the influence to do things like that, but I always had great lieutenants that I trusted. You know, I had nothing but trust and confidence in my lieutenants. Um, were there politics at times? Yeah. But at the same time, like, for instance, my first platoon commander, he was freaking awesome. He was freaking awesome. Wherever he is, Captain Fisher, he was a dope dude. I knew him as second Lieutenant Fisher and his first Lieutenant Fisher, but he was rad. Um, I genuinely had trust and confidence in him. So again, um, they should be an ally and you as a good O3 need to know how to speak intelligently to infantry officers. That way you can do what you need to do. Um, for instance, if you say, I'm going to go haze these guys and make them do all this crazy stuff, then they're going to look at you sideways. Whereas if you say, Hey, such and such did this, 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 and that I'm going to go take my squad on this, 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 and that they'll probably be cool. with it. So make them an ally. Don't do not make them an enemy. That's one thing I'll say as far as being a good O3 and dealing with lieutenants goes. Yeah, I almost think that like you can't really have a good platoon or squad or whatever level it is. You can't have it um, perform well if people, if everybody doesn't get along. Like you need that oh, cohesion. Yeah. yeah, you do, and, and that comes down to you know actually making everybody feel like they're a part of the tribe. Yeah, yeah. You know? And actually, like, giving yeah. a shit about each other. Like, when... when yeah. th There's nothing worse than when you are in a platoon where you literally... You don't really talk to anybody. Everybody's got their own little clique. And then yeah. you just kind of feel like you're showing up to work every day. And then you just, you yep. know, nine to five. Yeah, that that's dumb. Like, dudes need to... Like, and I always notice this, too. Is like, you, people didn't really... Whenever people would get together... For like a platoon event, it'd always be something gay, and everybody, you know, would be mad, yeah. right? And they didn't want to be there. So, but like, just take like your your squad or whatever, and go like go to the movies or something. Go go yeah. do something. Like yeah. I don't get yeah. like, or just even even, even come are, to the bricks and just have a beer. Like yeah. shit. Even even things that are as simple as like say that you're a squad leader or team leader in the field and you obviously notice that your boots are like toss them some snacks or something or like toss them like the m&ms from your mre or like get toss them like some gummy bears or something they'll really appreciate that and they'll like that a lot oh yeah um, a little and, fucking and snacks in the yeah, field yeah they'll appreciate that it's yeah. and it's not like it's just little little gestures like that as a small unit leader like your guys will notice and respect and they'll genuinely like it shows them that you care about their well-being but if you just sit there as a freaking corporal or a sergeant squad, like Norseman underscore nine, the sergeant major that runs that page, he made a solid point. It's like, if you're the squad leader that is a corporal or a sergeant, and say, for instance, you go to the gym for PT in the morning, and you're just over there chilling with two senior lance balls that are your friends while all your boots are just walking around looking lost and confused in the gym, then you're failing. And it's the same thing as if you're in the field and you're eating a bunch of, you know, sweet snacks and candies while all your boots are over there like with nothing just looking at each other they yeah that's failing. yeah you're just you're yeah. just a fucking dickhead at that point like yeah you got to take make care them a, yeah, yeah make them a part of the family make them feel like they're a part of the tribe that's yeah you, you pull out because, some yeah yeah you pull out some yeah. snacks or something you pass that around all of a sudden you got cigarettes <laughs> 
Heck yeah. And that's the thing that's dope is like, again, it goes back to what I said earlier yeah. in this podcast. It's like, if you look out for them, they'll look out for you. Oh yeah. But if you just tell them to screw off and you leave them to their own devices, then they're going to find ways to screw with you. Plain yeah. and simple. Or that fucking, that cheeseburger from Wendy's just appears and you just accept it and you yeah. don't ask any questions. Oh yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I know. And as far as, uh, being a part of the tribe goes, I want to say this, um, People think sometimes that being a good leader is being liked. That's not true. Um, your guys will inherently like you if they have maturity and they see and they're able to see the bigger picture. Um, you know, one thing that I used to do all the time, I would train the hell out of my guys, and it was a daily, daily thing for anybody that knew me. We were always running the stairs. We were always buddy rushing. We were always doing mount. We were always doing CQP. We were always doing something. We there was never a time when we were just sitting around. We or unless we were debriefing. We were always running around and training. And at the time when they were all boots, they didn't like me at all, and I really didn't care because I was doing the right thing. I was training them and PTing them hard every single day. But towards the end of it, once they started, you know, transforming into you know more senior Marine, senior infantrymen. They started to understand that and really, really, really respect that. Yeah, that, that I 100% agree with, too, because I remember when when I I was a junior dude, I remember my seniors would fuck us up nonstop all the time, <laughs> every day, and yeah. I hated it. And then I remember when we first got new dudes, and the first time one of them pissed me off and did something stupid— then it all just clicked, dude. I swear to God, like it was like a light bulb in my head before I started yelling at this kid. But, uh, um, dude, it, it's insane because like all the lessons they teach you at the time, like slaying you, doing, making you do those fucking planks or whatever the fuck. Um, the the reason behind all of it just pops into your head, and you start you're like, oh shit, so that's why they did all that. And then you, yep. you in turn are doing the same shit because it's you know it's just part of it. You got to have that yeah. shit instilled into you that like yeah. fucking, you know, you can't fuck this up. It's just a, it's a good fucking trait to have in life is just being yeah. incredibly responsible and vigilant of what you're doing and, you know, being yes. on time and having good shit. Yeah. Not being, and, yeah. And, and a big piece going into that as well is being able to, you know, admit when you're wrong. Like there's going to be times if you're training them every single day, like I was where, you know, a boot's going to do something, you're going to be pissed off about something, and you're going to make a mistake out of passion. And you need to be humble enough as a leader, as a man, as a woman, as an infantryman, in general, as a Marine, to be able to bring your guys in and be like, hey, guys, sorry, I messed that up, or I took that too far. That right there, your guys will respect. Your ability to humble yourself and admit that you failed and admit that you're not God's gift to the infantry is huge. Your guys will see that and they will respect that a lot. That's one thing I really, really wanted to make sure that I hit on here. Um, you know, being able to say that you messed up, you got to be able to do that. That's just a, a life skill. Yeah. Not only just about being a good O three, 3 you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's oh, pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, another thing I would say as well, um, Knowing the difference between tough and stupid, um, I think that something that I wish that I would have done more of is instead of just doing ruck runs and litter runs and all kinds of heinous stuff, like that serves its purpose, and that should be done at least once or twice a week. However, what I will say is take your guys to the gym 
and actually build up their yes, body, make them stronger, make them give them more endurance, have, let them grow the ability to actually swim proficiently, run proficiently. You know, sometimes without weight, let them build up those muscles. Actually, let them do leg day. Let them work on their chest and their biceps and their triceps and their back. Let them do that. That way, when they do those ruck runs, you're going to see way better results and guys aren't going to be jacking up their back. That's the reason why, you know, we have such a lower back injury problem in the infantry is because squad leaders and team leaders aren't taking their guys to the gym and building up some of those muscle groups and making them stronger. And so then you're basically, it's like having a, a stick that has no, like very, very little wood, like it's super, super thin. And you're just taking a knife and just carving that. Whereas yeah. if you build that thing up and you have like a, and you're actually going to the gym, it's more like you have like a giant tree trunk and it doesn't matter how much you whittle at it. It's going to be really, really hard to break that tree trunk. So yeah, you know, that's just kind of the way I look at it. And I wish that I, you know, that's one thing, you know, we just talked about then when you messed up. That's one thing I messed up on. Um, and honestly, it's because I didn't know how to use the gym properly at the time. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm all about doing heinous PT. That is one thing I still wouldn't change. I would still be doing that at least once or twice a week. But there needs to definitely, as a good O3, you need to be able to use the gym and actually get your guys in shape and get them strong and build them up. Um, you know, that that's a huge thing. Yeah, right yeah, I agree. I agree. And this this is part of, this ties into what we're talking about. So I will go down this rabbit hole. Um Dudes need to get in the gym. If you're listening to this and you don't go to the gym, get in the fucking gym, dude. Yes. My fucking... All right. So, this is a little story about me. I was fucking um, brand new, right? Fucking... I, I never worked out a day in my life. And, you know, I see my seniors and shit, and they're fucking working out, and they fucking start to get big and shit. And then, you know, I started just to go to the gym a little bit. That was when we were on deployment. And... Um, this is back in like Okie though. This is fucking however, however long ago that was. Um, but yeah, I started to work out a little bit. I actually started to see a little bit of progress and shit, a little bit of results. Kind of dope. Then I came back and I stopped though. And I hate that I stopped because, uh, sometimes now that like I actually got incredibly, incredibly serious about this and started going to the gym, and it's like literally like a big part of my life now because it's just keeping me fucking sane. Um, it's crazy to me that we didn't have people taking us to the gym. We, and that we ourselves weren't taking our guys to the gym. And, you know, I, I know nobody thinks to themselves, oh yeah, I can't wait to go to fucking the gym with fucking, you know, my new guy. But it's like, I, I think that's the wrong way to look at it. I think like we, we sit there and complain sometimes about how, you know, this kid sucks or that kid sucks or whatever, but at the same time, you know, you'll be, like, asking them and shit. You're like, why do you do this? Why do you do that? You know, inevitably, you go to the gym? No? Why not? And then, you know, they give you whatever stupid little answer. But um, part of that, at least for me, was I didn't know what the fuck I was doing in the gym. I was like, what the fuck would I be? Yeah. the fuck would I even do? Like, well, you know, I didn't know. Yeah. And I didn't know anything. And that's why I think that, you know, this isn't any fault of my seniors. I don't want to make it sound like that. But, um. I wish one of them would have dragged me into the gym and, like, made me go with them and just fucking, you know... I feel like I would have been actually probably working harder than I am right now because they'd be, you know, chewing me out the whole time. Probably, like, yelling at me because I can't throw up fucking 
whatever weight <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah dude thing. it's it's yeah. so important dude i'm gonna have a podcast literally just talking all about the gym all about like literally everything i don't i don't know who i'm gonna bring on for that yet but i i want it to be someone incredibly knowledgeable just want to pick yeah. his brain dude it's yeah. fucking yeah the gym is in really big part dude it's yeah and and one thing i would say to that as well um you know guys always say you know especially once or towards the end oh my back's messed up my shoulders this and that and yep. yeah that might be true but at the same time, let me just tell you something. When I first got out and I really started hitting the gym, um, you know, there were some exercises and some lifts I literally, my body would not let me do because certain things in my shoulders and low back were just jacked up. And so actually, if you look at Chris's page, the guy you talked to yesterday, I used some of those workouts, some of those exercises to actually help me out and build up some of those muscles again and actually do some corrective things. For instance, I've used some of the some of the exercises he has for low back or for shoulders, and that's really helped me out a lot. So, if you have a situation like that, don't just sit around and be, you know. And this is another thing too, for my peers, your peers. Like at the end of the day, being a veteran is not an excuse just to get fat and grow a beard. That's no. I don't care who you are. That's no. You should never be okay with being fat and out of shape. Yeah, even then, um, like it me, doesn't stop. Like yeah, being, exactly. People hit me like, up all the time. Want, yeah, you should want to be in good shape. Yeah. And I used a lot of Chris's, uh, you know, by the way, also, if you're not following that page, shame on you. Corrective <laughs> underscore four, follow that dude. Uh, he knows what the hell he's talking about. And I've used a lot of that stuff, and it's actually really helped me out a lot. And because of actually doing that, I can actually do some lifts and workouts now that I believe my body would not allow me to do before. And so don't just sit there and complain about your back or your shoulders or your knees or whatever. Or don't use even some of that stuff yeah, yeah use and it. don't don't even um don't even put yourself in that situation to begin with just get in the gym now exactly. because the, the sooner exactly. you get in the gym from the point that you join the the less likely you're gonna be i want to say the less likely you're gonna be to get all these injuries with like shoulders and your back and stuff because if you're if you're working out even with you know the constant um wear and tear that we we experience when you're actually conditioned you're you're physically fit like actually physically fit i'm not talking like if you go to pt in the morning and that's it and then you eat dominoes later like no that's not fucking pt is not like working out that's not that's like literally the bare minimum pt is the yeah. bare minimum and that's it's just like to wake you up. In yeah, the that's not day. even. Yeah, that's like what a 30 minute thing of running down a road or fucking running around in flack or boots and utes, which doesn't do anything for you. It just fucking. Yeah, it trains your endurance, but it just fucks up your fucking your legs and your fucking hips. Or fucking yeah. if you're running around in flack, then you're back because it's just bouncing around, smacking the base of your back. Yeah, um, like. There's, there's absolutely no excuse to be fat. Yeah. Like, go get to the gym in the out. gym. Get in the gym. Like, yes, that is one thing I cannot stress enough. If you're a squad leader and you're not taking your dudes to the gym, shame on you. You need to do that. Yeah. And the Teach whole them too. All, yeah. And, and the whole excuse of, oh, I'm going to feel I can't, that's a freaking lie. You totally can. I know guys that I served with, they consistently were getting in their pump and going to the church of iron and tossing up that iron every, a lot that, 
were going to the field just as much as me, and they were staying in amazing shape. Yeah, and that's and still building up those groups. That, so the field is not an excuse. Yeah, that is one thing that I hate. That I used to have the mentality of that, um, because you know we'd go to the field for a week or whatever. I I was like, well, I don't want to fucking just go and then lose it. And that's not that's not how that is going to work. You're not going to lose everything from five days of the gym. Yeah, you're going to be out of it a little bit, but you're not going to be fucking, you're, you're not going to be back to square one. And then I also told myself that, um, you know, I could keep up. I could keep up with everything. I didn't fall out of stuff, even though I didn't go to the gym. So I was like, why, you know, why should I care? Why should I go to the gym? I'd rather sit here yeah. and fucking do whatever I want to do. But yeah. that is the completely wrong fucking mentality to have get in the fucking gym. Yep. Like, and that's just again that's part of being a good at a three is being in great shape you know being able to swim being able to rock being able to shoot when you're tired yeah being, being able, able to move when you're yeah tired, you know and if you've trained and another thing is that if you've trained your body up to the point where you built up those muscle groups you built up your endurance you can run you can rock you can lift you can swim and it's going to take a hell of a lot more to get you tired to the point where you're in code black if you're consistently working on yourself like that and you're going to the gym, like, you know, you're going to be able to handle a lot more friction and a lot more pressure because you're not going to be as tired as you would be if you weren't doing it. Yeah. So, again, it all ties back into being a really good O3. To be a good O3, you got to be in shape. and you got to really do that. Um, you know, what happens when, you know, you're that five foot eight white dude like I am and you have a Marine that's a six foot three dude that's 250 you got to be able to pick him up and run his ass somewhere else. You you have to be able to do that. And if you're not going to the gym, I don't know about you, but you're or about me, but you know, you're going to have a hard time doing that if you're not lifting and standing in good shape. So, that's my point on, on working out and going to the gym. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, that's uh that's all stuff on how to be a better O3. Uh, yeah. The the day, like if you have the right reasons and you have the drive and you put out and no matter what bad things happen, no matter what, you know, annoying things are passed down from the command, if you have the right reasons, you have the drive, and you're consistently training and finding new ways to get better, nothing's going to get in your way, and you're going to be a pretty freaking good with me. So that's my point on that. Yeah, man, that actually uh, brings us right about to the uh, end of our time here. So that's a pretty good way to end this. Uh, thanks so much for uh, coming on to the show, man, and talking with us. Heck yeah, man. Thanks. Um, it's always an honor whenever I get to come onto a podcast and speak and, you know, I hope the guys got a lot out of it. Yeah, man. See you next time. Heck yeah. See you next time, dude.